M.P. Temple, read by the author. Episode 1, Future Treats. I know this is strange, and it shouldn't have happened. But, before I explain, promise me you will try to remember a few things. I regret what I did thinking back. Maybe wait to judge stuff? Also, remember, you would have taken off all your clothes for that much money too. Everything started back on October 16th, 2002. Long story short, my mom sometimes tried to save money on beer by buying a 12-pack, intending to drink a can a night. Then the beer would be gone by the morning. It had been a 24-pack night. After slamming the glass sliding door in front of my mom laying on the sofa, I left home. With anything I had important left stuffed in my emotional support hoodie pocket and a side saddlebag. And my math book. I couldn't afford to pay the fine if I didn't return it. Yes, I have an emotional support hoodie. Leave me alone. The point is, when I left, I decided I wasn't going back. The issue was I had nowhere to go. Not after ruining everything over a stupid argument. Do you have places you go when you get stuck? When the world feels like it is closing in on me, I end up in the park or in Ianopolis. Usually, I went to Mia's. Unless her mom was home, which is like almost never, right? Well, that night, I walked to the park in the dark hoping I could hide out behind a bush or something until I could figure out what to do. I have a bush I like, but anywhere there works. I needed a moment to breathe and to feel safe. To my surprise, I saw a giant raised stage full of colorful lights. A crowd of partying teenagers and adults danced around, soaked in paint. The hand thing reached 10.30 on my plastic watch. I wondered who would allow a party on a Tuesday night. The crowd cheered and held up their arms as paint splattered. I sighed. I thought about heading to my second spot, but I figured wandering around Las Vegas at night wasn't a great idea. A voice I can only describe as the ditzy tree beard who focused on weird words came from behind me. I jumped. I faced a woman a little older than me wearing giant swim goggles, splattered with so much pigment I'm not sure how she could see. Azami, I presume, she said, adjusting her shower cap wet with paint. Or Aurora Chandler, it looks like. It's your other name. Not knowing what to say to this, I shrugged. Yeah, I'm Aurora Chandler. This is yours. From inside her multicolored plastic coat pocket, she handed me a small, flat, white package. It had a strange ice cream cone logo on the front. I don't think this is mine. I tried to hand it back. Oh no, I can't take it back. Make sure you watch the video when you turn 18 at midnight. You can go in. You're an employee now. You're on the list. Good luck. And don't forget to wash your hands, she said, looking at the box. Watch the video, I asked. The box thing in my hand didn't weigh as much as a videotape. How did you know? She ran into the crowd past the entrance, not bothered by the flying paint from the super soakers on stage. 
the ticket woman with all the tattoos didn't stop me from going into the event, so I ran after the goggled lady. As I made my way through the people after her, a familiar face popped into view. She danced, kind of, wearing an orange tank top in ripped jeans. Oh no, Mia's here, I said. You see, I had decided she and I shouldn't be friends anymore. Not after our last fight. Like, when the world feels like it's going to explode, she's the one who helps out. But I suck and can't keep friends. Of course she'd be there that night, too. I looked at my knuckles, which had finally started kind of looking normal again. Not so purple and swollen. The colors fell on the white package before I could jam it into my hoodie pocket. I turned from the stage to walk to the back of the park past the concession stands. From there, I could take the sidewalk with the working streetlights until I could figure something out. I also have a fear of confrontation, which I'm sure didn't factor into anything. Then she saw me with the clear view, no head or body part obstructed. Her eyes narrowed at me. I've Felt like there should have been a Western showdown theme playing or something. I turned around, pretending to look at whatever else. I picked a fried sweet potato stand in the corner of the park and did not look away for as long as I could. My head turned back in the direction of where she had been standing. She stared at me. I bet she never looked away. Too many people touched me as I pushed my way through the crowd to her. My nose bumped up against hers. She stood back with that dirty blonde, mid-length, side-parted curly hair. The orange tank top glowed in the neon lights. Her eyes gave me the wild bearer look. Blue eyes with a hint of green and gray with little specks of an auburn color sort of thing. I guess you know. Anyways, her orange and green cheeks pointed down. Chances are in a frown. She pointed. I knew what she was pointing to, which was any place away from the crowd of people. I went with her, partly having nowhere to run. Partly because I missed her. Once we got away from the noise and constant paint showers, she took out her earplugs. She wrinkled her nose. Someone chucked a trash bag into a dumpster near the parked food trucks. Like, are you following me again? Like when you wanted that stupid note from Sally in junior high, she said, with that pinch of whatever that low-pitched California emo thing of hers is. Who the hell talks to Sally? No one. Her parents aren't even alive. Why are you here? Sometimes my brain needs time to shift through all the random thoughts that pop up. Her eyes rolled. She waited, knowing my head also runs on volunteer hamsters, which there aren't too many of. Instead of answering her question, I was like, I know I punched a hole in your wall, and I shouldn't have done that over our Mongolian barbecue versus Mongolian grill fight. She let out an angry sigh. It's not Mongolian barbecue. It's Mongolian grill. You make it sound like you're barbecuing Mongolians. That's horrible. Nobody wants that for a name unless it's for a punk rock band.
I will not back down, but I'm so, I stop myself. The S word is one of our forbidden words we promise not to use with each other. I wish I could be better. I need your help. Something happened. I got this thing. I don't know what to do with it. And nowhere to go. Twelve pack night, she asked. I nodded. Come over for coffee? She didn't look at me when she said it. What? I said. Um, okay, she mumbled. I didn't like that wall anyways. You should have called me. You told me you never wanted to speak to me again. I messed everything up. I can't do anything right. I don't deserve at all to be, I said, hitting myself with words. She put a finger to my lips and closed her eyes. Easy. The past is dead. We can always start over. You know, if you would take it easy on yourself, we wouldn't fight. Never mind. I know where we can get a van. Let's go to my house and look at those math notes you didn't take. The class we need to pass if we want to graduate? I'm adding Mongolian to our list of things we don't talk about. That means you're on your own in next week's history class, which I am so regretful of. Also, my mom is home early from the trip again, so be ready for that. Does your mom know about us? I asked. She did that weird lip thing she does when she's not sure how to answer something. The music stopped playing. The lights went out and people headed to their cars. I'll be back. She ran in a random direction. I found a park bench and waited. A glow of fireflies greeted me in the parking lot as I watched the people leave and the food trucks pack up. Feeling the package in my hoodie pocket, I wondered if she would return. A bang rang out nearby, and an old familiar white hippie van drove to the curb in front of me. Mia sat in the driver's seat and motioned me with her head to get in. Does your aunt know you have your van? I asked, slamming my door after climbing into the passenger seat. She frowned and closed her eyes. She breathed out with her tongue partly sticking out. It's mine after I get the money together, she said, revving the engine. The van sped down the street, more likely over the speed limit. Finally, she is like, can you change the tape? Put in Aurora's birthday mix? Cassette tapes were sprawled out between the seats and on the floor, like usual. Mia didn't want to spend the 10 bucks on an adapter for the van CD player, so she made tapes. She recorded a bunch of stuff so she and her mom could have something to listen to on the way back and forth from court, unless Miss K was home from a business trip. How did you know my birthday was today? I asked, reaching for the tape. That's a stupid question, she replied. And for once, she focused on the road so she wouldn't have to look at me. I was hoping you would call me. Why didn't you call me, I asked. She let out an angry snort of air. Something in my hoodie began to vibrate, loud enough to hear it. Her face became ghost white. What the hell is that shaking, she asked, gripping the steering wheel harder. The intensity grew stronger and stronger 
in circles of buzzing, stopping and then starting again. That's what the goggled lady gave me, I said. Who? Get it out of here, she shouted. The van drove into a roundabout. She reached inside my hoodie and grabbed the box. She tossed the package outside onto the gravel. Mia stretched out her arm to protect her face and got closer to me. I covered my head. We waited for what we thought would be an explosion. The box kept moving on the rocks. We got out of the vehicle. It shook on the ground at her feet, but it didn't explode. We looked at each other. Hello from Future Treats, we heard from it inside. The lid blew open. Confetti fell everywhere. We care. What the hell, Mia shouted. Where did that come from? A truck horn honked at us as it drove across the sidewalk to pass. She'd looked back to the van that blocked the roundabout. If it's not going to blow up, let's take it with us. She picked up some confetti and put some in her pockets. We got in and raced away. She pulled over again when it looked safe to park. We both looked at the package. I opened it. She ducked behind me. The device looked like a futuristic handheld PDA. A red screen on a square device switched on. The ice cream logo turned red. A name appeared on the screen. A-Z-A-M-I. I have no idea what a Azami is or how I would even pronounce that, I said. Mia shrugged. Under the name appeared mine, a roar. The device began to talk as if a person were speaking. Let's get to work, it said. We looked at each other. Why does the PDA vibrate? Hi, as 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 Amy. Let's start the employee video. I wasn't sure if the device thing glitched out, or if that's how you said that name, or if the device was supposed to shock and burn my hand a little or not. I turned to her, and I'm like, did that thing just call me a Zammy? She shrugged. Did that thing just shock you? Meh shrugged. A video played on the PDA thing. An ice cream scoop across the screen. Words appeared on the top of the strawberry ice cream. The picture was sharper and clearer than anything we had ever seen. I wish I could see the rest of the world with that kind of clarity. This is nuts, Mia exclaimed. A flash blinded us. The ground shook. I felt this strange sensation all over my body. When I could see again, the light from objects bent in strange ways. Light from everything spun towards something. Everything went black. Before my sight came back, I heard a voice. I turned around. Everything looked the same as it had moments before. The touchpad glass thing did whatever it did whenever sucking us into the thing. And now we stood in the same place? Be birthday, employee. You can begin your shift whenever you want. You might have questions such as, what is going on? Where am I? How do I file my W-2? Let's address some of those questions. My head turned to the driver's seat. She moved closer to me and squinted at the PDA. What did that thing do to us? She asked. 
a new video played. You work for future treats now, ass Sammy. The voice cut from the ice cream cone to a beach with waves hitting the sand in the bright day. You are exactly where you were before you found this device. In the same room with the same people you love and cherish. You are okay. You are in a completely different, identical universe. You have signed up to work for Future Treats. Who are we? We deliver food whenever you want it. How does Future Treats provide our great service without causing complications to the space-time continuum? Let me tell you, because we care, we cannot offer our service within our own universe. You can imagine why this might be a bad idea. But luckily, with your help, we can offer our service to a select few universes or dimensions, if that makes more sense to you. Now, are you calm? No, we both exclaimed. Perfect. For a fun explanation, here is a scientist from our company. The hell is all this, an identical universe? Mia asked. An ice cream scoop hand puppet appeared against a basic textured blue wall. A woman spoke in a lower, ridiculous voice. You like video games, don't you? Well, imagine you got a high score and you're ready to move on to the next level. The game auto-saves your progress into a file. Sometimes, for unknown reasons, this file can get saved into multiple copies. If you open any of these files, they play. You have all your items and nothing major has changed. Think of this dimension you are in now like one of those save files. It is a copy of the dimension you used to live in. You might notice a few anomalies, but let's not freak out. At Future Treats, we care. So, let's pause a second and think about what we have learned. Why is the puppet talking so much? I don't like it, she said. To my horror, the puppet went on. You're in one of those dimensional save files right now. This isn't a game, this is real, so please read the employee standards of conduct so you won't get yourself hurt. We wouldn't want that. Remember, you signed a waiver. The video changed into a wide shot of the lady with the puppet. She laughed and took the puppet off her hand. She spoke in a normal voice. The woman had reddish-gray hair and laughed a bit before talking next. The dimension you are in is safe. Other than the risk you and all your party agreed to when you signed your contract. There is nothing you can do here that is going to mess up any timelines, realities, or any of that. Everything has been safeguarded for us. Now, you might ask, could I go back in time and kill Hitler as a child? Yes, if you can find an order from back then, I suppose, but you have fast food to deliver. If you choose to start your shift, you have eight hours to take deliveries at your convenience. At the end of the eight hours, you might get to go home with all the money you earned. If you don't want to work, that's okay too. We have another you on shift who is willing to work. If you choose not to take deliveries, please enjoy our time travel PDA. At the end of those eight hours in the shift, 
you could return to this exact same moment in your own reality. If you have any questions, you can ask them then. Remember, we care. I saw a box at the device's screen prompting me to please agree. Is this a joke? Mia asked. We're in a different dimension? Are you doing this? Did you set this up? I said. No, I have no idea what's going on. Why would you say that? She asked. I stampered. I, I don't know. Why did I say that? Mia never plays pranks on me. Why did I question her like that? I don't mean it. I don't know what any of this means. I don't blame you for stuff, she exclaimed. It sounds like you got signed up for something. What am I supposed to do with this? I looked down at the PDA. You gotta get back to my house soon. She shifted gears. Wait, if this is a job, do you think it pays well? I asked, raising my eyebrow. She grunted, turning the steering wheel. I need to talk to my mom about this. She'll know what to do. I turned to her. Didn't the video say this is an identical dimension or something? Wouldn't that mean that's not your mom? It's one of your moms? I mean, she said, I could see her thinking. It's still my mom. Maybe we shouldn't tell her we got put in an identical dimension for some time travel fast food job. She's not going to believe us. That was that one day. She doesn't always act like that. She takes stuff out on people like I do, she exclaimed. So she'll be okay with knowing we've been hanging out. Mia glanced, then shook her head. She turned up the volume of the birthday tape mix. We listened to the bumps in the road along with the wailing guitars and the screaming vocals.